This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by the Super Mario Brothers movie 2023, an American computer animated adventure film based on the beloved franchise created by, you guessed it, Nintendo. It's the Mario movie. I'm McDreamy. And I'm, I want to say Meredith? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is Grey's Anatomy. Choose me, Matt. Love me. Okay. That's a reference is that is lost on you. Yeah. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> Welcome back to another uh, episode of our podcast, buddy. It's great to be with you. It's always so nice, Tim. Every single week. We don't need to rehash you know it, but it's nice. I think... No, but I do think, actually, we should make a habit. Instead of just jumping right in, you know, like this is work, you know, like this is our job mm-hmm. now. I think we need to take a moment at the top of every ep, you know, to to affirm uh, and express gratitude for the opportunity to pod, right? <laughs> That's right, Tim. It's not an opportunity everybody gets, although... Sort of, um, but but not everybody. And and uh, the fact that you and I, buddy, are privileged enough to have mm. lives and and frankly jobs uh, that allow us to have this sort of downtime to pursue this passion of ours, talking about the tunes together every week. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no greater gift. No, nothing else to say about it. Matt, you and I, uh, we we became friends back when we were just little do- little guys, little fellas, high yeah, schoolers. That's right, knee high to a grasshopper. You know, high school, right? You do crazy things for love, you know. <laughs> and how? <laughs> what I did as a young man uh, to to try to get in the good graces of a of a gal I liked was. I watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. I believe, and uh, the record can be corrected if it needs to be, but I believe when I was a sophomore in high school and my my now wife and first female guest on the pod What? (laughs) was a freshman in high school, I believe I burned her a a, a mixed CD of tunes from Grey's Anatomy. Am I remembering that right, hun? Yeah, you're remembering that right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now look at us. Look at us. I, I think... It worked. Well, the records show that we were both in relationships with other people when you did that. We were children. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered when that's right. Nothing matters when you're a kid. Matt, please welcome to the pod, Courtney Olson. Welcome, Courtney. Uh, I when you started that little anecdote, Tim, I was hoping that the girl who you had been trying to get in good with was in fact your wife and the the first female (laughs) guest on this podcast because uh, you know how embarrassing for everybody if not but way to land that plane courtney welcome it is it is wonderful frankly to have a woman on this pod 
Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it's it, it's our own fault, but now's the time, and uh, I'm I'm excited to hear just I guess a different point of view. You know, to Tim and I <laughs> being being men are perhaps blind to some things, and and it, it'll be good to to clear all those things up, whatever they may be. Very excited to be able to offer the perspective of all women. <laughs> yeah. The male gaze uh, has dominated this pod for too long. And so uh, and so we're, we're, we're bringing you in, not just for fun. We're doing it because this is, this is a podcast about tunes. And when I burned you that disc, I was not just flirting. I was sharing what I believed to be. Uh, some darn good music. And Matt, what we're talking about today, Matt, Courtney, all of you here in the army, what we're what we're talking about today is uh, Grey's Anatomy Core or Grey Core. Should we call it Grey Core, Matt? <laughs> I guess we can for now, but without looking, I'm sure there's something else called that. We might as well try and rubber stamp it, though. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, it's a very specific style of music. It's basically just whatever Shonda Rhimes likes. <laughs> but I think it is more than that, actually. And and we'll get into that. But um, let's narrow our focus first and talk about a seminal Greycore artist. And someone that... Uh, well, it's the reason that Courtney has come on the pod today, because she is a certified... Uh, fan and expert in Regina Spector. I never loved nobody fully. Always one foot on the ground. And by protecting my heart truly, I got lost in the sun. Just the just the tone of her voice, right? It's it's hard to define uh, indie, I think, Matt. And I don't think we've ever really tried. Ugh, yeah, fool's errand. It may just simply be the timbre of Regina Spector's voice. Regina Spector is a wow, a Russia-born pop star. She's got a lot of tunes, and they've been featured in in any number of quirky, romantic, uh, you know, pieces of media. Grey's Anatomy, Five Hundred Days of Summer, this sort of thing. Courtney, what was your endpoint to Regina Spector? And and heck, why are you so why why are you so into this person that that you would? Uh, Hop on a hop on a hot mic and talk about her. I was thinking today and trying to figure out how I was introduced to Regina, and mm. it it must have been Five Hundred Days of Summer. They made a statue of us. You know, I was the the quintessential uh manic pixie dream girl oh i i 
inspired to be the manic pixie dream girl. Uh, and and I wanted to be Zoe de Chanel in that movie, and I completely misread it the first time I watched it. Uh, well, we, we all did. Oh, we it all was did. Terrible. And, no, yeah, you can't beat yourself up over that. <laughs> I mean, everyone did. But but us in that in that and hero, those two songs are just phenomenal. And and from there it was. I just fell in love with all of it, and I feel very strongly that she is the original indie pop girl artist, and mm. it really pretentious and say <laughs> she defines music for musicians. All all of the great musicians that I know reflect back on her work. I love coming out of the gate strong with a bold and possibly disprovable <laughs> claim. Uh, however, however, no, no, not, I'm, I am not going to try to dis- disprove that because making such a bold yeah, claim... Yeah, neither am I. Well, listen, making such a bold claim, uh, it, it really stops you in your tracks and it makes you kind of take stock uh, mm-hmm. and you think, do I believe that? Is that true? And as I'm thinking about it in real time, I think, as always, there are probably, you know, arguments to be made to the contrary, but I know exactly what you mean, and I think I basically am with you on that. Tim, you want to you wanna back me up or shut me down? Yeah, I think that might be true. And, <laughs> and, if, and if she didn't originate it, like I was alluding to earlier, I think she... I think she's so embodies it you know it's piano driven her voice is just what do we even say about it what do we even say about her voice the best thing about her and this doesn't fit with the gray core uh theme of the episode very well because i think a lot of what you're referring to to that is pretty like it was pretty it's mellow and it's, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable and it's pretty but one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about Regina is she's the first person I ever heard who used her voice as an instrument and not just as a lyrical device, like a way to sound pretty. She, she'll do these things where, where she uses it as a musical instrument. And it was a really fascinating thing to discover. The one that I love the best, and I was going to do this for show and tell, but you can do it here. It's called Open. open. You said she was Russian born and she immigrated to America and she's Jewish, of Jewish descent. And she draws a lot of inspiration from her family who are Holocaust survivors. Like she'll talk a lot about her family um, and how persecuted persecuted they were and many, many, many of them died. And this open is from the perspective of someone who is in a concentration camp and constructing their own prison, their own death chamber, but still seeing the light and still seeing the beauty in the world as they're gasping their final breaths. I And you hear her literally gasping as she's singing it. Humana, humana. 
No, that is not very great, Cord. That's true. <laughs> you know, actually, this is probably a good uh, time to bring this up. Matt, Courtney and I went and we saw Regina Spector perform live uh, in Washington, D.C. Just, f- just a few short weeks ago. Oh, hence hence the episode. That that's great. Well, yeah, it was uh it was terrific. It was just her and a piano for the most part. Uh no other musicians on stage. Um and I got better acquainted with her tunes. Uh Cards on the Table. I was never a huge Regina guy. So, uh seeing this was very interesting. Her style is it's I mean Okay, first, let me just say, very, very talented. She's a real musician, right? And that's always so. That's always such a relief, Matt. You know, to to go to a show and realize that this that you're seeing a real musician up there on stage. <laughs> it's great. It's great. She would, uh, yeah, make like noises or uh, like drumming with her mouth or, or you know just doing sort of like offbeat stuff that. I always, when hearing the recordings, would would read as just like goofy or quirky or like just like I don't know, different. But why? Um, but I have a new appreciation for it now, and I see that she is like making really interesting musical and I, I would even say lyrical choices with what she decides to to do. Sometimes it's like stream of consciousness and it seems like she like gets hung up on a thought and so she repeats a sound over and over. There's just there was a lot to take away and I came away with a much greater appreciation for for this person. a way that she conveys the emotion and obviously the music still sounds good but I don't think I'd call it pretty and mm. but she can be obviously she has a beautiful voice and a lot of control and she can sing pretty but she's just you know listen I've learned something in my years being married to you and okay uh, I, I don't know if it's been said on this podcast before, but uh, my mother-in-law has stated that Matt and Tim are the real soulmates in the world in, in this relationship. And what I've learned through your... Well, we're buddies. Well, <laughs> what I've learned through this is it's all about... Say it. The tune. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's all about the tunes. And she doesn't care if it's pretty or if someone's going to say that sounded weird. My mother or Regina? Regina. Your mother does like pretty things. Uh, but Regina doesn't care if she doesn't sound pretty and Regina doesn't care uh, if if maybe it's not the standard way of doing things, it's what the tune demands happen, and and so she mm. gives the tune what it needs. Two birds on a wire. 
So, just a little background here, since I know uh, we've sort of discussed yours. I'm not coming into this cold. I bought Begin to mm. Hope at my local Barnes & Noble, and I listened to the, the whole thing many, many times. You know, to, to bring it back to uh, her being, at least in some sense, a, an indie godmother. Like, that was the kind mm-hmm. of music that was just all over the place and obviously all over Grey's Anatomy and uh, you know the high school airwaves at that time even like you know what's, what's interesting is her voice is very singular obviously but it seems <clears throat> it seems like a lot um, a lot of people whether they knew it or not whether they were directly like uh, imitating her it seems like uh, a lot of people went that direction, both um, sort of production-wise and definitely vocally. And not to not to say it was, you know, that uh, what's that video? The bananas, what is it? The indie indie girl singer one, bananas and avocados or whatever. I, I, in the kitchen. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So and, uh, you bananas, know. <laughs> avocados. Yeah. Welcome to my kitchen. We have bananas. In That's the one, right. And it's, you know, obviously <laughs> her voice in and of itself is not that. But I feel like no. that um, sort of, for better or for worse, you set the groundwork for uh, that sort of thing. Um, and that sort of, uh, I guess, sub-genre. Yeah, singing in cursive. Was, yeah, there you is, go. I think how it's sort of there you go. Yes. derogatorily put sometimes. Yes, yeah. Yep. Wow, Matt, I did not realize that you were a uh, you were a true Regina head. Wow. I mean, yeah, I haven't I haven't um, stayed true to the the fan base um, really in <laughs> over the years, but I loved that album and I I think she's phenomenal. I went walking home alone, past all the bars and corner delis. When I heard God call out my name. She does some interesting stuff, like lyrically. I was reading Matt that, you know, because I'm, I'm addressing you now, Matt, because I know you're kind of the lyrics guy on the pod. <laughs> I kind of am. Uh, she she doesn't really like draw from her own experience. She uh, just kind of invents stories in in many cases, and you know, you and I have talked about the the importance or i don't know the value i guess of of the diarist mm-hmm. and and you know why that made taylor swift stuff so much better than it otherwise would have been you know just the the way she draws on her own experience regina doesn't do that and yet she conjures up these really uh you know meaningful and interesting and you know uh worth uh, worth studying lyrics Let's talk about that a little, Matt. I mean, you know, this sort of counterpoint to, you know, needing to write what you know, quote unquote. And, you know, that's not always the case. Yeah, I mean, I admire, I guess, anybody who even attempts to do that, right? To to make something up or to draw from, uh, you know, history and fantasy and literature and poetry and whatever else. Um and yeah, like, from my memory of listening to her music, like, 
it's really she's not pouring her heart out uh, in the way that well honestly a lot of a lot of gray core I suppose uh, mm-hmm. does and to me that makes it a lot more well a lot more unique obviously but somehow more like powerful and more compelling um, because you're still you know she's not telling uh, emotionless um, stories and and just kind of giving you a history lesson right she's there's real right. I mean there's there's a story that's worth being told and all of that and it's nice it's good to hear it you know from just an imagined place so I, I love that and that's another thing I have always appreciated about her work in particular let's let's use this opportunity to pivot into 2007 into that into that sweet time when when i just met a girl and i liked her and i wanted to cut her a mixtape and what better tunage to put on than than that pretty regina specter stuff the 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 quirky regina and so much more it is the uh this this genre gray core it is so can i can i interject here i wish you would yeah i there was so many mixtapes mix mix cds of mm-hmm. of this this sort of gray core that that do you mean from from me to you correct yes from you <laughs> to me over over so many years um mm-hmm. and and i i think we've talked previously um that you and i were both so close to kind of uh being being in that emo scene and and really really liking you know panic at the disco and my chemical romance and but we were both sort of uh too scared we were too yeah we were we were gonna push the envelope that much and this style of music just sat Mm. right on that line Yes, I, you you took the words out of my mouth. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna bring up um, Wimpcore, Matt. Ah, uh, yes, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of this stuff um, in the Venn diagram of uh, of Wimpcore and Greycore. A lot, you know. <laughs> there's a lot of this stuff right in the middle um, because it is. It's gosh, it's music to watch a heartbreak to you know it's music to to watch mcdreamy choose someone else to or i don't know watch like a hospital patient die to (laughs) do you know what i'm saying like the if you just matt okay matt how much gray's anatomy have you watched I've never seen a single episode in my whole life. <laughs> but I get it. And yet, do you know what I'm talking <laughs> I about? Know, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is... this is, Oh, boy. It, it's hard to say anything other than, like, it really is good music to watch a hospital patient die to. Like, it really... 
I mean, that's a little that's that's rough, but it's it's well articulated. I think, you know, it's pretty in a sad way, and yeah. there's a lot of piano. I, I'm assuming this is all true. Tell me if it's not. I've you know never seen no, the show. No, you're you're 100 right. <laughs> right, but like, and that that's a lot of emotion, and you know even more than just the song itself like i know some songs that have gotten you know famous i guess from being on Grey's anatomy and then you have that association mm-hmm. with them forever and it just constantly tugs at the heartstrings and it's emotional manipulation that's fine why are we watching tv if it not is. for that that's totally that's great yes. honestly and uh, you know shonda did a great job picking up them <laughs> tunes it's shonda land I have another hot take to drop. That's what the pod's for. Bring it. Yeah, lay it on I us. I love coming out with bold opinions and then maybe being told I'm wrong. And that's great. Driver's license, 100% falls in this category. Oh. And mm. uh, there it goes again, that funny feeling. You know, the Bo Burnham. Oh, yes. Um, but. Oh, yeah, like the Phoebe cover. The Phoebe cover. Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no. Driver's license, that's perfect for like a season finale montage at the end. If she hasn't already been you know what, it's probably too expensive to license her stuff at this point. But yeah. And that is, Matt, you're you were describing it all very very well. Snow Patrol we did this with Dumb Rock. Let me just name some names for oh, you. Sure, please. Ingrid Michelson, Snow Patrol, Tegan and Sarah. If you if you dig up a playlist, which you can find, uh, of like the big tunes that had you know the real the real important sort of seminal needle drops on Grey's Anatomy, you uncover a lot of really good adult contemporary singer songwriter tunes. Lifehouse, you know, Ooh. they were given new life thanks to Grey's Anatomy, and. I mean, I already said it, but but, man, Snow Patrol, like, where would they be without uh, without Denny dying in the hospital bed at the end of season two, huh? <laughs> nowhere. They'd be nowhere. They were made for that moment. How to Save a Life by the Fray? That seems like it was written on commission for for Grey's Anatomy. Honestly, I don't have a, you know much like the much like other episodes, Matt, where we sort of call out a, a genre. I don't have a lot to say other than, you know, just personally, if I hadn't gotten into Grey's Anatomy, I think my life would look very different than it does right now. Just to kind of ride this wave of nostalgia and and Mm -hmm. retroflection, hon, I I think that your Grey's Anatomy uh, mixtape is probably my, my introduction to Regina. Do you think? Yeah, I do. Gosh. Matt, look away. I was going to say, I don't know why you guys invited me here. <laughs> it's really good music to put on a mixtape to a girl you like or a boy you like. That's a, that's really all I have to say about it. Well, look, like a charm. There you go. It's, it's sometimes funny, Tim, this little pot of ours. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll do our best every time. Um, and Obviously. And sometimes... Our best isn't good enough. Um, Tim, sometimes, Courtney, sometimes there there are no words. And, you know, there's some sort of quote about music and how uh, when <laughs> words fail, uh, music speaks. 
And and in this <laughs> instance, I don't really think there's much culturally, to be honest, to be said. Like, it's, are we feeling the ripple effects? Not really. It's sort of like, you no. know, dumb rock in that sense or anything else sort of at that time. There's not a, a ton of... Uh, Imitators and you know Regina. Honestly, that's the fact that she's lumped in with them is too bad because she's she's you know a real <laughs> musician and an artist. But yeah, I I think it's nice to just be like, remember that. You, you remember, Tim, when, when we were talking about Wimcore and I reflected mm-hmm. on, you know, well, we reflected together on those school dances, you know. And oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and my ex-girlfriend, whose favorite song was not our song, but was just her favorite <laughs> song. I feel like this is sort of a, a similar thing. We can, we're just getting in touch with our, our past, our youth, our emotions, and uh, mm-hmm. I personally have, I'm not aware of the power of Grey's Anatomy, but the fact uh, that, it, that it brought you two kids together is, well, that's mm-hmm. enough for me. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're dreaming up an ep for a pod, uh, you know, you you think you you think you got something hot, but we turned down this avenue of uh, Greycore, and I realized real quick there was no outlet. Like uh, we got it. There's, there's really nothing here to say. Oh yeah, uh, what, uh, yeah except what that, can be said? What can be said? No. Uh, and and yes, it is a shame that we lump Regina in with that because just uh, yeah, she. If if you the listener are coming away from this with, I mean anything of value, which you I think you are. Be honest with yourself. Uh, it should be that if you don't know much Regina Spector yet, uh, you would be well served, you know, checking out her essentials playlist on uh, on your streaming platform of choice. I think we should give the last word to the to the true Regina head here on the pod, Courtney. You know, any any final thoughts on your enthusiasm for Regina Spector? Yeah, Regina's best stuff is that which is not on her essentials playlist. You gotta you gotta <laughs> cut in deep. That's the that's where the real good stuff is. You, you gotta go to Barnes and Noble and buy that CD. Exactly. <laughs> or no, listen, a real fan would buy it on vinyl. <laughs> Well, there you have it, That's folks. True, man. Buy, buy her discography on vinyl as quick as you can. Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. Let's get a silver bullet trailer and have a baby boy. I'll safety pin this clothes all cool and you'll graffiti up his ties. I got a perfect body.
here we go. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to... Oh, ma, mamma mia, by the Super Mario Brothers movie. Hey, Matt. Hey, uh, Tim. That's the sound of Mario um, fleeing from Bowser as he uh, as he saves the day yet again. But this time, not in your video game box. This time, it's on the silver screen. That's right. Um, Matt. Yeah. Not often enough do we get to talk about film. No. Sometimes we bring Club in and and you know he he shares what he has, but um, not enough movies come in and uh, decide to uh, to be sponsors. Oh, but when they do, Matt, I just get filled with this uh, this spirit. You know, it, I just am taken. Remember Space Jam when they when they showed up and how. Before we get too far into the film here, I think you should uh, you should regale listeners with how uh, how much you love the Mario franchise as a gamer. Like where where are you at here? Oh yeah, sure. Well, as longtime listeners know, I am number one gamer extraordinaire. <laughs> I am like. Uh, those guys on YouTube who uh, are famous for playing games. I love it. Yeah. Uh, You're like a Twitch streamer. I'm sure. like I'm like a Twitch streamer. I, if there's two things in this world <laughs> I love, it's tunes and video gaming. Looking at a, a screen <laughs> while I, I control a little fellow. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm not a big gamer. However, I'm familiar with mario mm. uh because well to be honest tim uh the extent of my this is sort of like a gray's anatomy blind spot for me we didn't play yeah. a lot of video games growing up my household wasn't like fundamentalist but we just didn't do a lot of <laughs> a lot of gaming uh i did yeah. we did get a game boy once from a friend a, uh, a school friend and we used to hide in our rooms and play it so that our mom wouldn't know. She never told us not wow. to, but we thought that we might get in trouble. Who knows why? Maybe we were <laughs> fundamentalist. Anyway, what I love about Mario is he has so much energy, right? He he's nothing but a plumber, and yet he he is just uh, just going nuts uh, tirelessly, he's sprinting sprinting everywhere constantly yeah. just just never runs out of that juice he's jumping on <laughs> mushrooms and bopping around with you know whatever those little guys are and that guy the toads uh, or the goombas there we yeah. go yeah and bowser the Koopas. bowser the turtle Doesn't matter keep going he he ends up you know, they have some sort of love-hate relationship, and uh, then there's Princess Peach, who I believe he is meant to save. Lots of lore, mm-hmm. lots of colorful characters. Um, and I will mm-hmm. say, I will say, Tim, when I was hiding in my room, playing that Game Boy, yeah. looking at those black and white pixels on that screen, I thought yeah. to myself, I thought, boy... I would much prefer having this experience in a theater. I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you were thinking they should make a movie out I of I was this. like, they should just do this for me and do it better because I was very bad yeah. at, at this game. I was constantly dying. I never even got to the water level. Uh, and 
Mm-hmm. I, I knew at that point, I was like, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this gaming lifestyle. But what I can yeah. do, and what all of us can do, is mm-hmm. watch the adventures of Mario on a big screen at your local AMC. <laughs> that being said, Tim, I'm excited that uh, that the marketing people reached out to us and, and asked us to chat a little bit about the, the film. I apologize for imitating Mario there at the start of this ad. Um, that was disrespectful of me, really. Of it was, the, it was of the red pretty ha- good, but it was disrespectful. The red-headed plumber named Mario... Uh, who who runs everywhere he goes? Who jumps uh, and crushes crushes his enemies like grapes, and punches Bowser constantly, and you know, saves damsels like it's like it's freaking you know nineteen forty or something. <laughs> you know he's a busy guy. He's a busy man. He's got a brother named Luigi. These two, um. They deserve respect. They are not just they're not just little little guys on your video game anymore. For so long that's they were you know forced into this uh this little box, this little console. Uh you know, forced into the into that handheld Game Boy mat that was mm. hiding under your covers. Yeah, it, it it felt wrong at the time, I'll say. <laughs> right, and and it was wrong. What the Super Mario Brothers movie is is a um, it's a corrective. It is writing decades of wrongs in the form of video games. Frankly, Matt, gamers they need to they need to take take a lap. You know, you should be watching films. <laughs> Tim, obviously film is a much higher art form than, <laughs> than oh. making games, okay? Than, yeah, than, than Tetris? Yeah, or like, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is that? That's not... Give me a break. No. But, but that's why I'm so excited about the, the Mario movie, because to me, uh-huh. Tim, it feels like uh, like justice has been served or is being served absolutely but also <laughs> it feels like like freedom for Mario Luigi and the whole cast right it feels like for once they are going to show up to work and not be mm-hmm. beholden to the whims of some greasy fingered 13 year old kid right they now have this beautiful technical <laughs> world to explore on their own mm-hmm. terms, right? Uh, yes, they have agency, finally. Finally. And because video games, you know, they're so Calvinist in the way <laughs> that they. It's just everything is predestined. Hold on, I'm looking over to the organ player and I'm pointing at him and saying. <laughs> Every, everything is predestined in these video games. How many. Ah. Uh, these endings, like, you can't. You're, what's going to happen is going to happen, and and the Mario and Luigi and their friends are just slaves to the machine, and I, it feels like having this film finally and getting the chance to strut their stuff in front of an audience of I assume hundreds of millions, is mm-hmm. is it's been a long time coming, and it's great 
to finally see that they can make their own choices they uh you know we don't know how it's going to end right that's what it's so uh, film uh, you know Anyway, that, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. Eagle-eared listeners of Ear Buddies may recall that I did an episode about video game music and, you know, sort of sort of tried to prop up the industry, defend it to some extent. Well, listen, we all live and we learn. We grow, right? Mario as a video game character, eh, that was never going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, that was a... Yeah. Talk about dead ends. Right that from the was, jump, yeah. But as a film star... Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong, Peach, Toad, and oh yeah, Bowser. All of them finally wield the power, um, the artistic power and gravitas that they have long craved and long deserved. It's, it just, it's, it, it feels cosmically right to, to, to set the controller down and let let the plumber run free. Let him go. Let him let him be free finally. It's the right thing to do. Tim, wow. You it's the right thing to do. You always have the correct moral take uh, on everything. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? It this is this is a great 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 moment for film and Chris for Chris Pratt. <laughs> yes. For Chris Pratt. Yeah. It's a great moment for Chris Pratt. It's the Mario movie. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Welcome back to Show and Tell. Uh, you know, Matt, uh, you you and you had a great New Year's resolution uh, that you shared on the pod, which was to which was to uh, to bring more guests onto our show. Darn it, and. Bring enthusiasm for things that uh, that sometimes we may miss, and uh, so glad that we could that we could um, well finally bring a woman's perspective to this show. <laughs> well, yes, Courtney, <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, what are you showing and telling to us today? I'm gonna go with "Some Days" from her album "Soviet Kitsch." Some days. that just completely teleports me back to driving my purple PT cruiser with its stick shift and its fall and you know I have the freedom of a, of a newly licensed driver and school has started and I you know I probably just met no I, I didn't just meet this cool older boy but I think I might have just started dating this this cool older boy who was going to take me to homecoming, and it was mm. pretty cool. So, what? Who was the boy? I don't feel comfortable stating that name on the pod. 
<laughs> it's probably yeah, no, it's probably better if you don't. Well, yeah, because the album came out in 2010, so it wasn't you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought it was you. I didn't realize the album came out in 2010. Oh, that's okay. You know, we've just been transporting you to a time in a mind. We've been in love for so long that it's all a blur. I love this one. Um, I'm gonna say I think it's uh, it's a little bit, um, I guess, depressing is the word. Not the song itself, although sure, but the fact that this type of production and arrangement and orchestration and performance uh, sort of got compressed into, uh, you know. The Grey's Anatomy soundtrack music, Grey Core, yes. as we're calling it. Like, you hear something like this at the time, I mean, and even now, and it's like, it's a real feat, right? It's a triumph. But you, you hear that many grand pianos, and you hear that many sweeping string arrangements and emotive vocals, and uh, it kind of it kind of just leaves you cold eventually. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that it should i don't think that's fair but you know can't write all of history's wrongs so yeah this is a good choice of a tune someone else's days that come and leave you behind someone else's face and it's harsher than yours pal why don't you go next what what you got well guys i uh i struggled with this because i do actually I did want to make sure that everyone knows that I uh, respect and admire Regina's work. However, if we're talking about nostalgia, and if we're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, back in the day, there's only one song that comes to mind when I think about back in the day. And I'm almost not joking. And I know, I know that this song was some sort of uh, real um, emotional hook on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, and the song is called <clears throat> Breathe, parentheses 2AM, oh. by Anna Nolik. 2AM and she calls me cause I'm still awake. Can you help me unravel my latest mistake? I don't love him. Winter just wasn't my season. Yeah, we no way, dude. Now I haven't. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Has anyone played this? Has anyone played this song on YouTube or a streaming platform or the CD player that they have still somehow since this was on Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. No, listen, no. But I sincerely I don't know why but this song I I find myself coming back to it not not to listen to it but just to kind of have myself a little chuckle and it's not a bad song I mean it's it's solid uh, but it's just really funny because this song showed up in well 2004 2005 right and it was on uh-huh. Grey's Anatomy who knows when wow. but 
for wow. a while, that's in my memory. That's the only song I heard for a very long time, and uh, so it, it's really it's a great sort of um, flashback because it never like it wasn't even it didn't even get to number one on Billboard. It was number forty-five. That's that's crazy to me. Just. I'm hearing it right now, and I'm thinking this must have been a number no, one. No, number number forty-five, number four on the adult contemporary. But yeah, this this is the song that just jerks me right back into uh, you know two thousand five. Like an hourglass glued to the table, no one can find the rewind button, boys. So cradle your head in your Some generations have Sylvia Plath, Big Tree, rotting before her eyes to show the passage of time, and our generation has the hourglass glued to the table. That's exactly <laughs> right. And like, you know, we talk about no lyri- one can find the rewind button, girl. We talk about lyricism. Um, show me a stronger simile than "Life is like an hourglass glued to the table." Bam! Nailed it! Unbelievable. Like, there's no coming back from that. She started She started her career with that song, and she ended her career with that song, and I can't think of a better way to do it. Just, a, just absolute perfection from top to bottom. No rewind button. Just breathe. 100%. You should. Everyone should. Just, just breathe. breathe. Just breathe. Diaries screaming out loud, and I know that you use them however you want to. But you can't jump the track with like cars on a cable, and life's like an hourglass glued to the table. No 2004 and 2005, right? That's what you said? Yep. I mean, gosh, this is a timeless piece of music. I'm sorry, but that could have been, that could have just as easily been 1992, and it could have just as easily been like 2021. That's right. In my opinion. Yep, that's exactly that's, right. That is superb. <laughs> what a tune. My tune, uh, I alluded to it earlier. Um, it's low hanging fruit. I'm sorry, but if we're talking about gray core. Uh, and we've, we've selected some, some very important, uh, you know, cornerstones of the genre. I mean, we got to talk about snow patrol and chasing cars. We'll do. If it feels like I'm like I'm joking by playing this song, I want to be very clear. I am not. I think this song kicks actually, and I think Snow Patrol got uh, got a raw deal a little bit. This is really good. If I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie? Just forget the world 
here's what I think is going on. You guys know how, like, um, the actor who played uh, King Joffrey on Game of Thrones, like, essentially had to retire from acting because, uh, well, A, because people were so mean to him about the character, the fictional character he played, but, like, how it's almost impossible for him to get a new role because people just see him so clearly as King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yep. Yep. I think what happened with Snow Patrol is this song became so elementally linked to the sight of Denny dying in a hospital bed while Izzy Stevens is is sobbing. Uh, her, you know, her patient, her lover has died. Um, I mean, it's it's iconic stuff, and and the thing is. ABC and Shonda and the Grays team and everybody kind of did Snow Patrol dirty by reusing this song in two more pivotal moments in the show's history. Did they really? Uh, yes, yes, they did. Now they were they were covers of the song, still, but that doesn't matter. They they cemented Chasing Cars as the Grays Anatomy song, and. In doing so, I I think they kind of tanked Snow Patrol's uh, blossoming career, which is a, which is a real shame to me. Yeah, yeah that's a hard uh, rock to crawl out from underneath after Shonda drops it on your head. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> uh, if, using it twice more is artistic malpractice. First of all, but yeah, I mean, like <laughs> this is they I. They had other tunes. I remember I listened to the other tunes. You know what? Most of them were pretty good. Uh, this is obviously... Yeah. I mean, this is a great tune, you know? Uh, we gotta... I don't I don't think they're trying to reignite their careers, but if they do, <laughs> let's, uh, let's not turn a blind eye. Let's help these guys out. <laughs> let's, <laughs> you know, subscribe to their GoFundMe or whatever it is. Because, uh, yeah, it's... It's great to meet with that level of success, but uh, man, that's no one is looking for that. All that I ever was is here in your perfect eyes. They're all I can see. I want to know what other pivotal scenes. Oh, <laughs> um, it is. Uh, Spoilers for Grey's Anatomy ahead. It's the moment where Meredith uh, turns off McDreamy's life support. What? And it's also when she comes back a year after Derek has died. Derek McDreamy has died. uh, And goes back to work and finds his scrubs. And then she puts on his iconic scrub cap. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. A little little bit of slapstick. (laughs) Yeah, just play it for laughs. I get it. (laughs) Um, They did too good of a job uh, lining, you know, aligning song with scene. And I think it's it's really too bad for Gary Lightbody and and the boys of Snow Patrol. (laughs) But at least it got that duet with Taylor Swift, you know, not all bad. (laughs) That's, That's true. Courtney, thank you for joining us on Ear Buddies 
Thank you for bringing the feminine perspective. Yes, sorely needed. Thank you for having me. And, you know, after another three years of doing this, when you decide you'd like to hear from a woman again, Mm -hmm. I'll be ready. We're going to pick a different one in three years. (laughs) It can't all be there. There are a lot of... It doesn't matter which one you pick. (laughs) We're going to get a holistic view here. I think I speak for Matt when I say, we respect women. Yeah. 100%. Thank you for saying that, by the way, Tim. You needed to be said. Of course. Um, Talk to you later, hon. I'll talk to you both both later. Uh, I hope you enjoy your time together. Talk to you later, honey. Uh, Talk to you later, Tim. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Bye-bye.